Hi everyone, welcome to Luxury Voices, the podcast about the luxury world in Asia with a focus on the greater China market. I am Joanne Tang, your host, founder and CEO of Infinite Luxury Group. In this podcast, we converse about all layers and segments of luxury, from lifestyle, travel, to hospitality trends. I will interview key players of the luxury industry from all corners of the globe. We will talk about their initiatives and experiences in conquering the Asian luxury consumer. Discover how leading luxury executives handle this growing market where luxury spending is the highest in the world and gain a wealth of knowledge to harness this ever-promising luxury market. We organized and published a series of forums and seminars during our company's ultra-luxury virtual travel show, Infinite Luxury Virtual Market, ILVM. We invited expert speakers and panelists to speak about the luxury Asian market, sharing market insights and upcoming trends to look out for. We hope you will enjoy listening to these conversations. Welcome to the Explore Wellness Hospitality in Asia and Changes in the Wake of this Pandemic Seminar. It's moderated by GoCo Hospitality, Ingo Schrader, founder and CEO. And on the panel, we will have Destination Deluxe, Vivian Tang, founder and CEO, Spa China Magazine, Fifi Kao, chief editor, and Sand Resorts Kotai Street, Macau, Tracy Lord. Director of Operations Spa. Over to you, Ingo. Thank you, Joanne. Uh, thank you for introducing the panelists. I'm happy that you could all join me today. And I have put together a wide variety of questions in order to address the various topics which are in the air. I think the first one we uh, should talk about is to get an understanding of how you feel that the uh, present pandemic has changed or what we need to adapt in our future, in our wellness services. Why don't we start with Vivi? Uh, Vivi, do you see that the Chinese consumer demands changes or that we need to adapt how we're going to approach him or her? Uh, yes, definitely. There are some uh, major changes happening in China now. Thanks to the Chinese government, which the COVID-19 has been uh, shutted efficiently. So basically, we returned to our regular life quickly. But at the same time, uh, you can see a huge online fitness and the wellness trend happening fast during the uh, time which the Chinese couldn't go out. So uh, there are quite a lot of APP related to fitness and the wellness become very popular during that time. And uh, you can see the young generation started to connect with the world very fast, faster than before. They became very international and they started to link with the international link, trend link quickly. Sure. Yes. Sure. And uh, also for the cuisine, there are lots of uh, healthy wellness cuisine uh, at the same time with the delivery to home for the young people try to be healthy when they are staying at home. So I can see there are a huge online boom linked with wellness a lot in China during the COVID time. 
Thank you, Vivi. Uh, Tracy, you operate a couple of uh, spa resorts in uh, Macau. Macau is dependent on a lot of visitors from the outside. Macau is open again. Do you see a similar trend there? Has there been a change in pattern of how your casino guests are buying uh, spa services? Um, well, we obviously, um, we're just starting to see our, our customers coming back. Um, interestingly, the, the bread and butter for us, like a lot of spas, uh, has been a local market for quite some time. So we've seen a real big um, shift in, obviously, the staycations and daycations. Obviously, there's a, there's a pent-up demand for people to, to get out, for people to still you know, enjoy themselves and to, to, to have the feeling of getting away, even though they may only be a few miles away from, from home. As the customers are coming back, we've definitely seen a good percentage of them coming back to the spa. Uh, but okay. we're having to be obviously much more transparent in our hygiene processes with the customers as they come back. We're seeing a lot more kind of we're doing some immune booster treatments, like I think a lot of as spas were doing mm. uh, to to really kind of to focus on the recovery. So that's definitely something which we're seeing a, a, a lot of demand for. Um, okay. And things like, um, you know, we, we have things like oxygen facials, that kind of thing, which we're seeing mm. a, a, an increased demand for also. OK. Vivienne, uh, you, cater, you cater to the global nomad. You represent a couple of big resorts in Bali and other parts of the world. What do you see? Uh, do you see a change in buying pattern? Do you see a change in behavior? Do you see a change in demands? At the moment, it's still quite slow. So then pe people are not, I mean, the majority is not traveling at the moment. And so then, but there's interest. And so then obviously, you know, in terms of the articles that people are reading, people really want to go somewhere, you know, and they really yeah. want to connect it with wellness. So then once the board is open, I think all the wellness retreats will be fully booked, really. Yeah. And I think a lot of the hotels, I mean, this already started before COVID. A lot of the big hotel chains have started to incorporate wellness. And yeah. so COVID has just sped that up. And, you know, now every hotel is forced to think, how are we going to, you know, to think about how are we going to incorporate wellness? I think one of the problems will be that there's a lot of well washing happening right now. Every hotel jumps on the wellness wagon. They suddenly come up with treatments and facilities and gimmicks. I think uh, our industry has to be very careful to make sure that it doesn't get washed away by well washers who uh, are not authentic and are real. Now, my, my question is, uh, strength in the immune system became something everybody understood being very important in order to avoid a potential illness of, of any sort, not only of COVID, but of any sort. Do you see right now a demand, Vivian, in, in the programs, the hotels and the communities you communicate with and you work with, that they do a lot about this immune system? And do they do something real or do they do a lot of superficial, eat a couple of fruits and take a vitamin and you're going to be okay? Yeah. I feel that before COVID, there was a lot yeah. of well, wellness washing, you know, like there's yeah. washing, there, there was wellness washing. But I think now through COVID, I think people have really started to take wellness seriously. And they realize that these programs need to they need to bring results. I think a lot of a lot of brands have gone over their offering and kind of revised and really to make sure that they can, yeah, that they can offer something substantial to their guests. Which is sincere and real, you mean? 
it is something sincere and something that really works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, a, I, a lot of retreats have come up with these immunity boosting programs, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Bibi, is there anything in particular uh, you see in China? I mean, China is luckily nearly fully open again and it has a normal travel patterns and related. Do you see the same that uh, there is uh, particular hotels, uh, not only destination wellness resorts and hot spring resorts, who do something special in order to ensure that the immune effectiveness of the respective guests gets enhanced? Okay, I can see a trend. It's like a digital everything. Because of the COVID, much of this automation will be through the emerging Internet of Things. So a kind of network of devices, including simple sensors, smartphones, and a wearable that talk to each other. So that kind of trend, I can see clearly the new developers of the hotels and the resorts and the properties, they try to have the digital technology to connect with their business. Because yeah, of yeah. the COVID, people have to take a kind of distance with each other to make sure they're safe. A kind of like a face scanning technology is developing very fast. And it has been developing locally with by the Chinese company. They are using the data collecting, try to reach these these kind of needs of the market. So I can see this is really growing very, very fast in, in China now. And then maybe everything will connect by 5G to gather data on everything ranging from the stress level of staff to the condition of expiring stock. So yeah managed by AI and uh, maybe the spa will have the ability to maintain and uh, resupply itself. That's something maybe is possible in in near future in China. Yeah. Uh, Tracy, that leads me actually to the next question for you. Traditionally, treatments are all done by hand at large, right? Facial body treatments, even a yoga class or personal fitness training and related. Now, there's more and more people who are a little bit worried of being too close to people because they are insecure about uh, what that may mean to a potential infection or, or so far. Uh, do you see that technology, quick results, a quick analysis or diagnostic leading then to a treatment which is technology driven is something a casino, a large scale casino leisure operation like yours will adopt? Or uh, do uh, the consumers still want the, let's call it, uh, the traditional hands-on releases of stress and, and fatigue and so on? For us, absolutely. Um, I mean, massage still remains, and, and even now, still remains 75% of what we do. I, I don't okay. think anything can really replace a good hands-on massage as such. Um, yeah. You know, technology is definitely going to play a part. Obviously, we're seeing more treatments which have, you know, VR in them. Um, the more kind of, uh, in terms of facials, um, the more the more treatments that have the technology-based, like the, the, the machines in them are the ones that are seen to be more results-driven. And definitely for the casino guests, they're looking for something. People want to have an instant upgraded version of themselves. Um, mm. They want something which is going to work instantly. So anything, you know, with the LED where they can lie under an LED light, things like that. Um, mm. That's a trend that we see, um, which is getting more and more. So LED, things that we cryotherapy in, in terms mm. of the facials, those kind of treatments. Yeah. 
are definitely on the rise. And also, I think okay. in terms of body treatments, um, there's more and more uh, spas which are looking to include things like flotations and um, cryotherapy, which is obviously, you know, treatments which don't require a therapist mm-hmm. to administer them. But massage, I think, is there's always been very, very strong demand for massage. Yeah. There's, there's no denying that. It's uh, it's still 75% of, of the treatments that we're doing. Okay, interesting. Vivian, I know you're a food buff. Uh, you very much uh, are conscious about what you eat. Uh, I met four years ago a gentleman called David Asper, who introduced me to Bulletproof Coffee. And the truth <laughs> is, I uh, first was very skeptical. He came to my resort in, in California and uh, said, you know, uh, drink this Bulletproof Coffee. You get energy, you lose weight, you're not hungry. And I said, okay, let me try that out. And since then, I have learned so much more about biohacking. And biohacking became such an instrument of instant changes and instant input into how you feel, how you address a a certain situation in your mind and in your body, and plays an ever more significant role in health and wellness services. Now, I see this in pockets right now. I don't see this widespread, but I see it in pockets, and those pockets go deeper and deeper. Have you observed that biohacking or respective treatments, uh, nutrition forms became a de rigueur, became mandatory in certain mm-hmm. projects? I think so. I think especially with like Wim Hof's work, you know, that's really blown up, you know, the whole like breath work and the ice bath, which oh, kind of did cryo as well. I think that's really, especially here in Hong Kong, it's blown up completely. People are really realizing, look, we can do something about our own immune system. You know, we have the power to strengthen it just through breath work, you know, which mm. is free. You know what I mean? You can just do yes. that by yourself. And I sure. think people feel really empowered through that. And I, I, I think it's a beautiful movement uh, that's that's happening. And okay, obviously nutrition as well. People are doing intermittent fasting. You know, people yeah. have re- realized, look, we have our own health you know, in, in, in our own hands, basically. And sure. I think that's really, really interesting. Your body is your temple and what you put inside, that's yeah, how you treat absolutely. the temple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vivi, I was, it's last year when we opened Space Cycle in, in Shanghai at uh, this new multi-complex next to the yeah. Four Seasons there. Yeah. And I saw suddenly nine vegetarian and vegan restaurants. And I know China since many years, and there was more meat and more meat and different meat and uh, preparations. And suddenly I saw nine vegetarian restaurants. So tell me what's happening there. So actually, we call it contrast wellness. So on one way, the young generation, they are go to the discos and the bars and uh, spending, playing outside a whole night. But on the other side, they're looking for goji berry in their coffee. So, okay. <laughs> it's, very much, <laughs> so it's very much like the, I remember in W Hotel Hong Kong, the Bliss Bar, they had a yeah, treatment. Yeah. It's like a handover, like the treatment for yeah. handover. So yeah, actually yeah. this kind of boom is happening in China now. And uh, we can see the guests, they playing hard and that they smoke sometimes. They also like sweating a lot for doing some hard sports. But on the other hand, they're looking for a total relax, a detox 
lifestyle and uh, eating healthy and uh, be vegan, vegetarian. So I found that this trend is very, very interesting and uh, and uh, which is great, which is like they enjoy life. And on the other hand, they know what is important for their health. So yeah. there is another thing which I want to mention is energy. I believe that energy therapies will be the future of medicine. So that is always happen in China too. So, but along with some nanotechnology in future. So while spas have long used heat energy such as the sauna and the sound energy with traditions such as singing bowls, I think we are now seeing a host of well-researched devices that use vibration, heat, sound, light, different, different kind of equipments to stimulate a wide variety of health and beauty benefits, including detoxification. So immune boosting and energy boosting, reduction in blood pressure and more. So. I can see this kind of combination happen in China as a new trend. On one way, they're looking for escape to nature, a getaway to nature. On the other hand, they get into the high technology and they use the high technology to help themselves to get onto a higher level. Well, which is part of biohacking, immediate gratification, immediate results. I don't want to yeah. wait. Make yes. me fit, make me healthy, uh, make right. me more alert. Yeah. Yes. Tracy, people come to Macau to gamble and have leisure. And I don't know if this is stereotype, and please correct me if, if, if I'm stereotyping now. Uh, mostly it's the boys who play on the gambling table and the ladies go out for leisure, right? Number one, is this true or is this not true? Please clarify this news, number one. Number two, my, my second part of the question is, a gambler wants to immediately make money, right? And is the demand of your consumers also one where they want immediate gratification? This means result-oriented facials, a personal training class in order to get my biceps stronger or related. Is this a very targeted behavior, a very targeted buying, or is this more a generic buying? We'll go back to the, the male. First part. part. Um, <laughs> Definitely not every male that comes to Macau comes with a female partner. This is for sure. There's a lot of male, there's a lot of solo travelers. Um, Macau is probably one of the places where you'll see the majority of guests in the spa is male. So over 60% of the guests that we see in the spa is male, not necessarily the the females that have been left kind of while the male goes off gambling. So we have a lot of a lot of guests who have very very short very very short hours of sleep so they for um they want something not necessarily that's going to knock them out and make them even more tired they want something which yeah. is going to be rejuvenating so we see an increase in sort of you know rejuvenation rejuvenation treatments like cryotherapy uh, that kind of thing in the in the casino environment particularly um, they want something where you know they can they can come after a sort of 90 minutes two hours they're completely refreshed and you know they can go back to the casino feeling rejuvenated and well so I think that that's from one spe- perspective it's the men that really uh, are quite dominant here in our spas so okay. if we have to put uh, quite a strong uh, sense on the uh, the spa menu for the men um, okay so our sec our male elements of the menu we really put quite a focus on I think just going back to what we were saying about organics 
We're seeing a big increase in the demand for organic treatments here as well. I think as people want to eat cleaner and be cleaner. So we actually we partner with product houses that we value, such as Zents, uh, who really have a social yeah. responsibility and this kind of thing. We we really see a big drive in. Interesting. Tell me about food. I remember uh, when the first Venetian, uh, the the first Venetian without guest rooms, the one next to the Mandarin Oriental, the old Mandarin Oriental, when it opened, it had a tremendous success uh, on the gambling table, uh, but the restaurants were empty. Has this changed? And is there now a different buying pattern in terms of that the consumer who comes to Macau uh, gambles and spends money on retail, but also frequents the restaurants in a very different manner than uh, they did in the early 2000s? We're seeing probably all aspects of our uh, of our resort, obviously pandemic period aside, busy. Um, we see more of a, a push towards the, the Chinese and the Asian kind of, if you talk about restaurants, Asian restaurants, um, rather yeah. than the, the Western restaurants, this is for sure. Um, but retail, um, you know, we, 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 especially in the spa, I think when we develop new spas, there has to be a really good focus on retail space because they really come with empty suitcases and there's a lot of products that they can get here that they cannot get. It's not available in China and they want to take home with them. So, you know, we get we get customers who come to the spa, not necessarily to have a treatment, but to, to shop and buy those okay. kind of wellness and retail products um, to, to take home with them. Interesting. Mm. Let's talk about the region a bit, because the Chinese are the biggest travelers in the world. They had around 160 million outbound uh, trips uh, in 2019. Uh, the Americans and the Germans are the number two and number three with approximately 80 million or combined the same amount than China. So the, the requirement for Chinese to travel abroad is very, very strong. Given that every country has a quarantine or when you enter, maybe in seven days and 14 days or some locations like Dubai, you can get tested when you arrive. And then after five days, you have to kind of say where you are and then you can kind of come back to the, the normal public. Vivian, do you see that this quarantine will limit the amount of interest people have in traveling or do you believe that that will not be a hindrance or, or, or what do you observe? Well, the, the majority is not traveling, well, out of Hong Kong, let's put it yeah. like that, because we have 14 days of quarantine when we come back and now they've just changed it. You can't quarantine at home, you have to quarantine in the hotel, which you have to pay for as well by yourself. So people have changed a lot of their vacation plans because before everybody was like okay I'll just quarantine at home I'll go to I don't know Mexico wherever and come back but now a lot of people are staying here traveling for it a while. this was the lobby of the hotel association uh, who wanted to ensure that the hotels have occupancy interesting <laughs> maybe as a matter of fact some of the hotels are doing quite well with quarantine packages interestingly enough because obviously they've had to adapt as well but, I observe uh, the same here in Thailand. A quarantine hotel are full. Yeah. I don't understand why I would travel to go the first 14 days into a quarantine hotel and remain in my hotel room, yeah. but that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, Vivi, uh, how is it in China? Uh, if I come to Shanghai, what do I have to do? You have to stay in a hotel randomly, which you couldn't pick which one, for 14 days. 
That means it is not up to me. Uh, I get booked into a hotel. It yes. can be three star, it can be five star. I pay the bill uh, and that's... I think a minimum, at least a four star. And uh, they charge 300 RMB per day um, for per person. And uh, But they only offer you probably the Chinese cuisine uh, with not very delicious coffee. So most of the guests... They probably couldn't stand with that, except the business traveler, which they have to come to China for their work. So at this moment, I only see the business travelers who are coming. And for the Chinese people, such as the primary school students, the government has the law which they have to maintain in their region, couldn't go out even during the summer vacation or the uh, winter vacation. So basically, all the all the kids, they stay in their region, they traveling in their region. So the hotels, for example, the, the people from Ningbo, the hotel Park Hyatt Ningbo is 100 occupied during the summer holiday, and uh, which is crazy, packed. And uh, yeah. at that time, we are sending our spa China judges to, to the hotel to judge their spa. And I give my judges the order, which they couldn't complain because the hotel is already overloaded. So they couldn't mm-hmm. complain with any bad services because the hotel people are working so hard. They are suffering with too much guests. And uh, yeah, very interesting. So basically at uh, this year, the local travelers they traveling in inside China, inside mainland China, yeah. uh, which the hotels, they are maybe more than 40% increased their revenue compared with the regular seasons. Okay, interesting. Uh, in that case, the hotel, they are work as a team. So even the spa therapists, they came to the breakfast restaurant, work as the servant. So <laughs> their lack of hands. So, which is hard to say, how can they maintain the quality of their spa and the wellness facilities? But uh, which is great, they have they they have good business. Interesting. Mm. Tracy, you are concerned, and you are speaking openly about the positive and negative impacts and the benefits of social media, which in in, in this part of the world, I talk about Asia Pacific, is uh, very strong and dominates many social lives and. And, and related. Can you elaborate a bit on that? And, and I know you have a lot of uh, very interesting thoughts on that. Uh, can you share them with uh, with our colleagues here? Well, I think that social media, obviously, I think always has its negatives and its positives. And I think, obviously, during, as was mentioned earlier, there's been a huge surge in the download of, of different apps um, during this period. You know, we've all been doing, myself included, online um, fitness programs, There's been a lot of fitness influencers that varying in degrees of quality that jump on the fitness influencer bandwagon during this during this period of time. There's, you know, a lot of people have access to so much information. You know, there's there's things on there like um, from waist trainers to detox teas and the promise of, you know, if you drink this tea, you're going to look like this or you're going to feel this way. So there's a lot of information on there to take in. But I think that from a, a wellness uh, standpoint, it's very good for, for resorts because if you have the right offerings, then, you know, you have a lot of a lot of people go to, I think, 97% of Chinese travelers rely on things like Instagram and TripAdvisor and social media to make their decisions on where they're going to travel. 
I think it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, you see constantly your friends are on holidays and Instagrammable moments in different places. So it's really kind of influencing where we go and the treatments that we have and where we stay from that, from that aspect. I also think that there's a lot of value hunters coming out of this, this pandemic because there's so many kind of deals as hotels try to, uh, you know, and wellness centers try to grab the, the small bit of business that there is. So we're finding that loyalty is not always as it was before because people are constantly trying to find out what's where they can get the best deals and they're looking a lot for on the social media for that kind of thing. So yeah, from that element, it's, it's, it's interesting. But social media has also a lot of negative aspects which we don't yeah. want to overlook. I mean, there is, uh, you know, I need instant gratification and everybody saying, I like you, I love you, you are great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, many people's ego depends on uh, the likes they get on whichever media platform they go to. Mental health uh, became a tremendous issue around the world. Uh, people are in part lockdowns, uh, they cannot travel, they cannot continue their their normal day-to-day life. Do you see a danger in social media, uh, in the way how it is utilized? You know, if I just look at the, the, the youngsters, uh, I talk about the people, uh, the, the millenniums, uh, the people between like 18 to 30, 35, uh, I can see that the rate of suicide is staggering high. It's three, four times than uh, prior to Facebook appearing Uh, in the early 2000 on the world map. So there is a clear relationship between the instant gratification the, and the need of society to be supported or be, be recognized uh, versus uh, what it also does on the negative aspect. Any, any, any thoughts from you there? Yeah, I think that social, as we come out of this, I think social wellness is going to be something which spas will, will look at because I think loneliness as well as mental health obviously loneliness is being brought to the forefront as people are kind of in lockdown they're not able to see their family and friends so a lot of people are uh, turning to to social media as a way of staying connected with people mm -hmm. in some ways I think that that's a a good thing and I think that once we start to reopen I think activities such as CrossFit soul cycle and that kind of thing which brings people together as a community will really thrive we see that there's a, an increase in the demand for say girls holidays so a lot of female groups um, are looking for spa experiences as bridal showers over you know going out and having a, a crazy weekend of drinking sure. and dancing Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think there's going to be an increase in people wanting to get together in a in a social space. So sure. we, we see more, you know, not just couples massages being a trend, but massages, you know, tr treatments in a capacity for for groups uh, picking up more. Good. A last question. The hour is nearly over. Urban wellness retreats. Vivian, uh, you live in Hong Kong. Vivi, uh, you live in Shanghai, you are living in major urban centers, uh, people are living very close together, people cannot travel right now. Is there a future of the urban wellness retreat? Is that uh, becoming a trend? Is that here to stay? What's going to happen there? Vivian or Vivi first? 
I, I see a big increase, you know, like in Hong Kong, there's been a lot of yeah. smaller wellness retreats that have popped up, some sort of one off. Others like Five Elements, they've obviously they have a studio, a spa and a restaurant. So there's a lot of new concepts like that. And I think it will just become stronger and bigger, especially, you know, in terms of mental wellness. I, I think we've we've all reached a point where we realize, OK, yeah. we need to you know, have mindfulness, we need to meditate and, you know, like we, we see the benefits of it now. And I think yeah. through that, there will be a lot more sort of, even if they're smaller, you know, mini wellness retreats that will yeah. that will stay for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Vivi, uh, what about in Shanghai? What, what do you see there? Okay, I think I think the urban ret- retreat you mean is some like a wellness, new wellness spots yes. or the communications might coming out in China, which is true, they it's happening. And the, the interesting thing is like, they are kind of a cross border. They're not just health. So I see some like a girl, fashionable girls, two girls group, they are, uh, before they sell the clothes. And uh, at the same time, they deal with the organic products. So it's more like a KOL communication. Uh, we call it KOC, key opinion leader of the communication. So they create their own communications and uh, they have the wellness concept within it. So some of them are the yogis, but at the same time, they deal with the Lululemon yoga outfits. They put up some uh, interesting little business with, within their communications. So I have to say it, it is good. So you can, you can see all kinds of people, they try to link with the wellness and the health, in, uh, health concept with, with their daily life. So it, it, mm. it started to become the real lifestyle. Mm. It's, it's not just an urban retreat spa. It's more like a kind mm. of a coffee shop, flower shop. At the same time, <laughs> a communication for, for the people who enjoy aromatherapy. So I can see lots of this kind of trend happening in the whole China, in the big cities. I want to say thank you. Um, you're all leaders in your respective fields. Uh, much appreciate that you spent the time. I think for the listener, uh, they will get some insights into what happens in the different parts of Asia. Uh, I believe wellness will boom. I think we are at the right moment in the right industry. I think we're going to do a lot of good with uh, our respective services we are representing. And I think we, we can be very grateful and very happy and very humbled by you know being able to help society uh, coming out of the pandemic. So much appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much for joining today. I'm looking forward to connect uh, soon again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Luxury Voices. If you have enjoyed it and found this episode useful, please share it with your network, like it, rate it, and help us spread our voices. You can find information about today's voice and the podcast content in the podcast notes. Luxury Voices is a podcast created by Infinite Luxury Group, a luxury sales, marketing, communication specialist based in Asia. Please tune in for the next episode. Bye for now.